We'll be in the Gospel of John in chapter 12 and continuing our preaching in John, uh, beginning with verse uh, 34 through to verse 36. John chapter 12, verse 34 to 36. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how say thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not where he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the sons of light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we ask your blessing upon the reading of the scripture and upon the message this afternoon that our hearts may be drawn to you In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we consider this day, uh, Memorial Day, and as we consider the many people who have fought and died to preserve our freedom, let us remember that the, uh, the battles which our country have fought have also preserved the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. You see, there are many other countries in the world and they have fought many battles as well. But they did not preserve the light of the glorious gospel of Christ through their, their battles. But the United States has been uniquely blessed in this, that we have Judeo-Christian roots, and that the people who came to this country came here to preserve religious freedom, to obtain it for themselves, and then to preserve it. And it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ which is the true foundation of freedom, where there is true freedom and true sense of a democratic republic. There are many other countries who do not have this uh, type of government which we have, nor do they have the Constitution and Bill of Rights as we have, nor do they have the freedom of religion as we have. And as we reflect back upon the Uh, true benefits, the blessings, if you will, count your blessings for our nation. We find that it is largely due to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our colleges and universities were begun through those who were ministers of the gospel of Christ. The Pilgrim Fathers came here because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People were liberated from bondage to sin because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We find that churches 
truly uh, all over this United States established upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even one of the benefits of the gospel of Jesus Christ is for other religions to flourish as well. It is not the aim of the gospel of Jesus Christ to war against other religious beliefs. It is rather our efforts to preach a message that will free people from sin and that is true to the word of God. We do not possess a militant salvation. We do not go to battle to make people believers. We preach Christ. And so wherever the United States has gone to stand for justice, to stand for liberty and freedom, to free those who are in some sense in, uh, and under the bondage of some dictator or authoritarian or someone who is overlording others to the point where freedom does not exist or people are being killed or atrocities are being made against people we find that a freedom loving country such as a Christian country is that which can plant the seeds of true liberty. We do not find it the other way around. We do not find that communist China comes to liberate people, but rather to put them into bondage to their own authoritarian system. And the same is true of any other authoritarian or dictatorship. They do not free others, they rather put them under the bondage of their own government. And so we do have much to be thankful for. I was listening to one of the Newsmax uh, broadcasts this week, and as you know, if you've listened to Newsmax TV at all, they generally have uh, a news anchor and there's several commentators uh, on some subjects that they have brought to light. One of them uh, that was being talked about was um, the kind of culture which we have today and, of course, um, the progressiveness of that culture to take all kinds of liberties against um, what we would call a democratic republic. And they want a socialistic democracy. So the, the man who was defending the socialistic, progressive, democratic, political system said, we always win in the end, don't you know? We, we always get our way, and we will this time too. And I was thinking about that and I thought to myself, well, what is going on? Why could he make that statement and nobody come up with a decent answer? And, of course, the, the only answer, the only true answer to why that that could happen is because that the God of this world, even Satan himself, 
blinds the minds of those who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. We realize that we are in a fallen world. And so the the fallen world in which we live in wants to continue to live, live out their fallen humanity, whether it is a political system or a social system or any other kind of philosophy or, or belief. They want to live that out. And we know that Satan is behind it and has been from the very beginning, from the very first family which fell into sin against God, from the very first family which had a son who rose up and killed his brother, from the very first civilization which rebelled against God and every imagination of their hearts were only evil continually and God was grieved in his heart that he had made man and so he brought a great destruction upon that civilization and destroyed it by a great flood except for one righteous family. So if we understand what is going on and why some progressive person who is for any kind of social um, construct that is different than Christianity, we can understand why he would say, that person would say, we always get what we want in the end. Because that is what happens in the world. Wherever the gospel of Christ is not preached, wherever the word of God is diminished, Whatever nation will not stand for the truth of the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation, we find that this element of progressiveness or sin or turning away from the truth of the word of God can only produce one thing. It can only produce more chaos. It can only produce more damage to the Christian effort and it can only seemingly seemingly win. Now, of course, we know that the Word of God tells us that in the end that, that God will judge those who reject Him. And in some real sense, that is what we're going to talk about in these three verses this afternoon. And that doesn't mean that just because um, the progressive social democratic system uh, seems to be advancing, that doesn't mean that God is losing at all. But it does tell us that Satan is very much alive and well on planet Earth. And his, his uh, war against the righteousness of God and the truth of the gospel of Christ goes on. It is still very much active. And so let us look at this passage just for a little bit this afternoon and, and draw some conclusions. First of all, Jesus lights the way. 
It's the title that I've given to these three verses in John chapter 12, 34 to 36. Jesus lights the way. Um, because Jesus, of course, is the true light of the world. And so light and darkness are two common elements of time. We have light for the day, darkness for the night. These are two common elements of time. And that light rules the day and darkness rules the night. And of course that is also a very important part of creation. God created light and darkness. The sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. Um, but on the other side of day and night is this type of the spiritual life. Either one is spiritually walking in the light or one is walking in the darkness of this world. So these two common realities of life are also true in the spiritual as well as in the physical Light is significant to truth, and darkness is to spiritual blindness. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ is the truth of the coming of Christ into the world. Christ came into the world. And so the spiritual came into the world. God sent his only begotten Son. The incarnate Christ is spiritual light and life. But also his death, burial, and resurrection are to be considered in his coming. Because through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we have the advancement of the true plan of salvation that would go to the ends of the earth. Because Christ himself, being the Son of God, would be victorious over sin and death. Light reveals truth, and Jesus is... As the word of God says, the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, is the gospel significant of the way of what? Repentance, salvation, and forgiveness. I'll say that again because that's also very much important to what we're about to say. <clears throat> Light reveals truth, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, is the gospel significant of the way of repentance, salvation, and forgiveness. By those three, Christ is um, not only effectively working in this world, but he is bringing um, true life and light into the hearts of people. Repentance, salvation, and forgiveness. Three areas we want to look at, first of all, the light of the gospel of Christ is available for a while. For a while, and we'll explain that. As we know that Christ was here for only a short period of time on the earth. But then there's something else. We are only here for a short period of time on the earth as well. That statement does not limit the eternal nature of the gospel. The eternal nature of the gospel is Christ. That is Christocentric to who Christ is. Uh, secondly, walk in the light of Christ while you can. 
You see, this was a very important message that Christ would give to the people that was hearing him at the time. Walk in the light of Christ while you can. Remember, he was uh, presenting himself as the true Messiah of God. As Pastor Bo said this morning in, in Psalm 2, the anointed in Psalm 2 is Christ. And so we find that even from the very early parts of the book of, of uh, Psalms, in this case, we find Christ is mentioned. And so we are to walk in the light of Christ while we can. While you can. Uh, because here again, uh, we are limited in physical existence ourselves. Um, eternally, we are immortal. Everybody is immortal. But not everybody will have, quote-unquote, immortal life with God. They'll have immortal life somewhere, but not with God. And so we need to walk in the light while we can, or while you can, as we might tell someone else in, a, uh, in the message of the gospel. And then the thirdly, beware of the darkness for it can overtake you. Just as physical darkness, there is, there is physical light, there is physical darkness, there is spiritual light and there is spiritual darkness. And so you need to beware of the darkness lest the darkness overtakes you. That's true in the physical as well as the spiritual. If you stay out long enough, it gets dark. Stay out long enough. And the darkness will overtake you. And unless there is some kind of illumination, you're going to be in the dark. Great darkness. Um, I just noted on the, um, I don't know, it was like Channel 8 News evidently, they was telling about uh, the dark, darkness in the sky. It was a, they called it a park in northern Maine, over the northern woods of Maine, because there was no cities or anything around it, there was a great darkness in the heavens. They called it a darkness park in the heavens. <laughs> and, uh, well, big discovery, right? <laughs> but, you know, the thing of it is, uh, if you don't have light, you have darkness. <laughs> And if you, if you happen to be out and you, you run into um, a problem so you can't get back home uh, before it gets dark, you're going to be in darkness. Um, uh, years ago, of course, people would want to get home before dark because they had kerosene lights. And, <laughs> and that's all they had for lighting. <laughs> there was no electricity. <laughs> so you tried to get home before dark. Uh, well, so we're going to talk about these three areas here because Jesus lights the way for us. And so let's look at verse uh, 34 and verse 35. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? And so they, they give a question, right? There is a question there that they ask. And so if the light of Christ and the darkness is a picture of a fallen world, then consider with me that Christ is the only hope of a fallen world. 
and that Christ means for us as believers to shine forth the light of the glorious gospel of Christ that others must be saved. And so the light of the gospel of Christ is available for a while. The temporary nature of the gospel of Christ relates to time. It relates to time. Um, probably more accurately physical time for us because since we are bound to the physical and the mortal then the temporary nature of the gospel of Christ relates to physical time um, three score and ten except by reason of strength you know, we, uh, we live 70 plus years, maybe 80, 85, you know, uh, some people are living much longer today. Um, I just read recently where Moses lived 120 years and he died. And uh, Aaron died a little bit maybe before that. Uh, but people have been living the shorter lifespan for quite a while now. And even though doctors and so forth, they try to make people live longer, um, I don't think that there is any great big headway in that. Um, you know, you could take Prefrigen for your mind and hopefully that will give you a little better, keener uh, memory for a little while, but I don't think there's any miracle drug yet that's going to make you live much longer. Um, than what they're able to do by surgery and uh, temporary medicines and so forth of this nature. But the temporary nature of the gospel of Christ relates to time for us because we have a short lifespan. And Jesus would only be among them for a limited time. And so he, he tells them in verse 35, Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Yet a little while is the light with you. Now, um, it is true what they quoted in verse 34, that Christ abideth forever, because Christ is, of course, the Son of God, and Christ is eternal in his true nature as the, as the Son of God and as the Messiah, the Anointed One of God. But they, they did not understand all these truths, nor did they understand what Christ was saying, when he says, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. They were not fully aware of what that meant. But they uh, did hear what he had to say. And they asked, they, they asked these questions. And so the gospel is eternal. We, should, we also are limited in the time that we can respond to the saving message. Um, all Israel would experience this truth firsthand. In other words, here is Christ, he is among them. He is preaching to them. He is living before them. And yet, they did not understand fully that he was the Messiah of God. Nor did they understand fully that he came to save them. Uh, truly, truly brings out the salvation of God to them. And uh, for Israel, they would, uh, they would begin to understand after Christ had died on the cross that the, the Christ, the light, would not be with them forever. There would be a limited, there was a limited aspect to the light. Um, now we might be asking the question, well, what does that mean for us today? Well, it only means that as God did suffer 
His Son did suffer and die for our sins upon the cross, we know that he, full, he fulfilled a greater prophecy that the gospel message, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is eternal, and Christ was to be here only for a limited time, that that gospel would go to the ends of the earth and that it would continue to fulfill the very plan of redemption that God meant to be accomplished. But for Israel, for Israel, that moment would pass because they, would, they could not call back that moment in time again to recognize Jesus as the true Messiah. That, that moment in time, the light that was with them, Christ who was with them, the one who was called the light of the world, he was with them for a short period of time, a temporary period of time. And then he would leave. He would leave them. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. And so he would not be with them, but only for that short period of time. Christ would die upon the cross as the Father had planned for the sins of the world. Their opportunity to believe on Jesus as the Messiah would slip away and darkness would come upon the people of God as a nation. And we know that it did. Um, what was it like to have the Son of God walking on the streets of Jerusalem? The light of God was brilliantly shown forth in the works of Christ on the streets of Jerusalem and Galilee and Nazareth and everywhere that he went. And yet, you see, that light would be taken away from them as a nation. And we find that uh, that limited aspect of the light would leave them. Yet the eternal aspect of the gospel light, the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the power of God and the salvation, would continue on uh, through the life and ministry of Christ. Adam and Clark says this, Yet a little while is the light with you. In answer to their objection, our Lord compares himself to light, which was about to disappear for a short time, and afterwards to shine forth with more abundant luster, referring to the gospel, of course, but not to their comfort. If they continued to reject its present beamings, he exhorts them to follow this light while it was among them. Well, of course, there's a great application of that, isn't it? Even today to people. If we have a limited lifespan and we find that we have a limited time then, according to that lifespan, to follow the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, to turn to it and to believe, and we do not, then we miss that opportunity and the light will escape from us. And there will not be another chance and so the sense of the urgency to preach the gospel of Christ is very much apparent for those who desire to see others come to faith. And the sense of urgency for people to believe is very evident. Lest they die 
and not come to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and know the salvation of God. In Luke 17:22, and he said unto his disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. He, he warned his own disciples. He says, my, basically he's saying, my, my time of ministry is short. I'm not going to be here that long. And there'll come a time when you desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. He would be leaving them. In John 7.33, Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, there ye cannot come. And of course we remember the famous statement that he makes to his disciples in John chapter 14, where he says, I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that there ye may be also. But you see, his disciples, of course, did not fully realize what was taking place. In Matthew 21:42, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation belonging forth, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Well, the passage that he quotes here is in Isaiah. Isaiah 28:16. Because the stone which the builders rejected of course is Christ he is the head of the corner um, and he is the one that's not only the foundation of the true church of God but if you will by type the foundation of the very temple of God and so there would come a time when it, that, um, that opportunity to know Christ to the nation of Israel would pass because the builders would reject the cornerstone, which was Christ. And it would be given to another nation. In other words, the Gentile nation. And so it would go unto the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And of course the word world can be translated as cosmos, as creation, or it can be translated as mankind. So what does God love? But he loves mankind. And what did God do but send his son into the world to die for mankind? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There are many who will miss the opportunity, of course, because of unbelief. Like Israel, like those who questioned in Christ's day, there are many who will miss the opportunity. Paul talks about the glorious gospel committed to his trust. In 1 Timothy 1.11 it says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust, Paul faithfully preached, or preached faithfully, the gospel of Christ, and of course we must do the same. The opportunity is now for, for us to 
to shine forth the glorious gospel, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. The opportunity is now for people to believe. And some, of course, will not. Some will reject. And I suppose, you know, we would say that is a, that is a terrible thing for people to reject Christ. Satan desires to blind people to the message of Christ. And this is the darkness of this present world. Now we talked about the light, who is Christ. We talk about darkness, which is spiritually darkness, is to be blinded by Satan. Spiritual darkness is to, is to be spiritually blind, if you will. And so 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so spiritual blindness is attributed to the God of this world, the God of this world system, the small G-O-D. In other words, it's talking about Satan. He is the one blinding people. And so the progressive nature of society today is being is is following the blindness the spiritual blindness of this world that is why they continue to push for the kinds of things that are against the gospel of Christ that are against true liberty and freedom which is in Christ and they are very misdirected in what they are doing our struggle is against the darkness, the Word of God says. In Ephesians 6:12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Well, there you have it. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, they're called principalities and powers. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand and so to fight against the spiritual darkness of the world we need the spiritual light of Christ and so we have to take unto, unto us the, the armor of God the spiritual armor of God that we can stand against the spiritual darkness of the evil one but you see, of course, uh, as Christ was preaching to them, they were in unbelief. They were following the spiritual darkness rather than the spiritual light. And uh, there were a few, of course, who were believing that Christ is the light. A few, a few of them were believing that he was the Messiah of God. A few of them were seeking to follow Christ. And we find that because they were following Christ, Christ was giving them more light. Secondly, he says, walk in the light of Christ while you can. As we see here in the second part of verse 35, while, walk while ye have the light, lest the darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not where he goeth. And so... Walk in the light, walk in the light, walk in the glorious gospel of Christ, walk in the light of it. And, uh, of course, in, as Christ was speaking to them, he was trying to direct them to follow him. 
to follow the very things he was saying, for them to understand that he had truly been sent of God, that he was the true Messiah of God, that he did come to die for the sins of the world, that even though they didn't understand it, they should believe and have faith that God had sent his only begotten son to be their redemption. And, uh, of course, to as many as believe, he calls the sons of God, or children of God, John 1.12. So walk in the light of the gospel. Though the gospel is eternal by nature, even as Christ is eternal, there is a limited aspect. The limited aspect of the gospel message is to the time that we must respond to the message of salvation. That's the limited aspect of it. The eternal aspect of it is Christ himself. He is eternal. And so his message is also an eternal message. But the limited aspect of it is the time that we have to respond. That people have to respond to the gospel. And of course there have been many people who have died without knowing Christ. And many have come to faith in Christ, you might say, on their deathbed. Or many have come to faith in Christ, if you will, uh, perhaps on a battlefield somewhere where they have come to terms with God and they realize that they're going to die. And so they call upon the Lord, even in the midst of a battle, that they might know the redemption and salvation of God. And I think it is very important for us to reflect upon the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and the true benefits that God has brought to us, not only in a personal sense, wherein we can be free from sin and be made whole in Christ, but even as a nation that would believe in the gospel of Christ and, and propose and preach the gospel of Christ and carry that message by evangelistic means to the ends of the earth, then we are carrying out the eternal realities of the message of the gospel of Christ, of salvation, and we are exhorting people to come to faith in Christ because there is a limited window. There is a time, a temporary window, where people can come to faith in Christ. There is no salvation after the grave, after one dies. And so the old preacher said to his congregation these words, Lest darkness come upon you, you have a good part of your journey yet to go. You cannot travel safely but in the daylight. That light is almost run out. That the darkness overtake you not, or in it ye shall stumble, fall, and perish. Reader, is, is thy journey near at end? There may be but a very little time remaining for thee to run, to fly to Christ, lest the darkness of death overtake you before thy soul have found redemption in his blood. It is the preacher's obligation to make such appeals. Appeal to time. Appeal to the temporary nature of people's lives. Appeal to the temporary nature of their opportunity to turn to Christ and to realize that only for a short time will they have a chance to call upon the Lord. And so there is this sense of urgency of the gospel message. Call upon him while he is near. 
In Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while ye may be found. While he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 2, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee, or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so we find that embedded within the evangelistic appeal is the sense of urgency. Because of time, and because our temp- the temporary nature of our lives, then we only have a short period of time to call upon the Lord. And we should call upon him now while he is near. Because today is the day of salvation. In other words, you may not get another. The, the time is at hand. Ripley comments concerning this verse in 1235. Without particularly replying to their inquiry, Jesus solemnly cautioned his hearers not to reject him but to secure the blessing while he was proposing to them while the opportunity should continue. The light, the author of true knowledge and bliss, walk while the light shines around you. Walk in it. That is, while you have the new means of obtaining true knowledge and saving hope in Christ. Avail yourselves of the opportunity, lest darkness come upon you lest you become wholly enveloped with error and wretchedness. And so we find that Christ uh, does not answer their question. Look at at what it says here in verse 34. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Christ does not answer their question. But Christ does something more importantly. He tells them the truth that they need to hear. And even though the truth is somewhat obscure to them, it remains to be the truth. And because it is the truth, it is far exceedingly more important to tell somebody the truth of the gospel than it is to answer their question. Because only the truth can truly save a person if God will open their hearts to it. And that is a difficult thing for us as, as, uh, as believers. We tend to want to answer people's questions. But that Jesus did not answer that question. And so many will miss the opportunity to believe on Christ. But not all. Many will, many will miss the opportunity, but not all. And note that uh, Jesus does not answer their question, as I said. We do not have to answer all the objections of others before we tell them about the gospel. In John 12:34, the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? I'm sure they did not fully understand that statement. And who is the Son of Man? They did not recognize him as the true Christ. 
you know, if, if in our own knowledge we would say, well, I'm going to go to the cross and die for you, and I'm the true Messiah of God. But Jesus doesn't tell them that. He doesn't tell them that. They are not ready to receive it. But he uses somewhat of an obscure answer to um, speak to them. And uh, that we see there in verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. There's something about practical, common things that we know that if those things can be turned to spiritual truths, it gets people to think. They understood the natural, physical elements of light and darkness. And by God's word, they can understand what it means to have true light and to have true darkness in their lives. Because people often live in those realms. They often live with some sense of truth, or they often live with some sense of rejection and denial of God. <clears throat> so he tells them, walk in the light of Christ while you can. While you can. The sense of urgency, the sense of temporariness of it. And just that in itself can cause someone to think about their own uh, relationship to God. And then thirdly, beware of the darkness for it can overtake you. And we see that here in, as we continue in verse uh, 36. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be sons of the light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and hid himself from them. So the, really the last part of verse 35 while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not where he's going. While ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be sons of light. Well, this, uh, this becomes a, uh, a warning, of course. Beware of the darkness. Beware of darkness, for it can overtake you. In the natural sense, uh, we know that is true. And the activity of darkness causes one to be uh, subject to an inability to move without some kind of illumination. And so darkness means that your activity essentially will cease. The only way to overcome darkness is with light. And of course today, you know, they have solar lights, we have electric lights, we have battery lights, we have all kinds of physical means of somehow helping us in the midst of darkness. But if you've ever lost uh, the light in your house very suddenly because of an electric storm or a power outage in the winter or something of that nature, you know you can be taken off guard. And you kind of stumble around looking for a match or a candle or a kerosene light or something uh, to, to help you out. You can only be children of the light of the gospel if you believe. You see, that's the only way people can truly know the true light of Christ is to believe, to have faith. 
And Ephesians 5, 8, it says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, no doubt this was a, an exhortation to the, those at Ephesus. In John 12:46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And so this verse is really saying, everybody is in darkness. Christ came into the world that they might have light. And the reason we know that everybody is in darkness is because that darkness is a part of the world. It is, remember, it is the absence of spiritual light. Darkness is the absence of spiritual light. And uh, so there is a spiritual darkness which is on the hearts and lives of everybody in the world until we come to faith in Christ. In John 8:12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so that light of life in Christ is to know spiritual truth. That light of life in Christ is to know spiritual truth. In John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then verse 13 says, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God is the only one who can give spiritual light and life. And all of the world is truly subject to darkness, spiritual darkness, apart from Christ. And we know this to be true. In the book of Ephesus, Ephesians, excuse me, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, I'll use these verses in closing. It says in chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, And you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you hath he given light, spiritual light, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. To walk according to the course of this world is to walk in spiritual darkness. That's the course of this world. According to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience. And so he says, and you who were, you see, we were all in spiritual darkness. Christ is spiritual light and life. And he says, we all dwelled in that darkness among whom also we all had our manner of life, our conversation, our manner of life, the way we lived. What did we do? In times past, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, the, and the desires, uh, excuse me, the desires, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as all people were. 
And so this shows the universality of the spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness is all, is all around us in the world, and anyone who is not walking according to the light of the Word of God in Christ is in darkness. Which brings me back to this point. You know, as a nation, as a nation, we owe our light as a nation to Christ. We, we, you know, people have fought in wars and battles. It is true, they have. But we know that those people who have fought in wars and in battles have fought because of liberty and truth and freedom and justice. And because our country was founded upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as much as many people would deny it or or reject it, we find that is true. And because that is true, you know, our country has stood as a light to others. In fact, we, we are the envy of the world. People want to come here from all over the world. That is why they storm our southern border, because there are freedoms and there are opportunities here that there is nowhere else. And because of the history of our own country has allowed for that kind of liberty and government and national uh, pride, if you will, um, to have... to be known as a country that not only lives the Christian ideal but preaches it in our churches and people are are brought to faith in Christ and I'm not trying to say that we don't have any problems in this country we we all know that we do too, too many of them perhaps to suit us but we would not be the country that we are today if it were not for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ which was made possible by the Lord and which not only uh, became evident to the nation of Israel but which went unto the nations, the Gentile nations and is made possible to the world. It's made possible to the world. And so let us continue to preach the gospel of Christ. Let us continue to stand for the truth. We know the enemies of the cross are very real. Spiritual darkness is all around us. But the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is greater. It is greater still. And we must be faithful to it. And take the message to others. Shall we pray? Father, we do thank you that Christ is our light the true light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And we pray, Lord, you will bless it to our own hearts that we may also shine it forth unto others and that we may take this hope of eternal life and true freedom from sin and its judgment to the world. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.